right, today we are starting a new series, Mixed Motives. Uh, we, we, we wrestled and argued over various titles, what would be sexy enough, what would be interesting enough, what would people actually want to come back to, and uh, we settled on mixed motives, because we are tackling chapter six uh, of the book of Matthew, and this is Jesus' continuation of teachings where he is addressing the hearts of would-be followers, people that are either following or considering following Jesus. Um, he, he wanted to make sure that they understood that this wasn't just about religious uh, behavior, that this wasn't just about ticking boxes, that this wasn't just about looking a certain way, but, but that everything about the kingdom of God actually comes down to our heart. It comes down to our motives, to, to what is actually driving us. Because the reality is, we can do the right thing for the wrong reason. Yeah. Now, people might be blessed, still, through you doing the right thing for the wrong reason, but God doesn't only want the other people to still be, God actually wants us to do the right thing for the right reason. So for me on a personal level, other people might still be blessed, but for me, but for me on a personal level, doing the right thing for the wrong reason is actually the wrong thing. God wants me to, 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 to recognize, to have a revelation of the right motives, that it really is good, that it really does lead to life, that it really does lead to freedom. The single greatest obstacle to the kingdom of God is the kingdom of me. The single greatest obstacle to the kingdom of God is the kingdom of me. When, when, when I'm, when I'm dr drawn towards living a self-centered life, where I am the center of my universe, which then becomes a very, very, very small world. But, but everything about God is actually looking out to others. It's about loving God and loving people, doing the right thing for the right reason. Are there practices that can help us to do the right thing for the right reason? The answer is a resounding yes. I'm glad you asked, okay? Is it possible that I can be generous for the right reason? Is it possible that, I, that there are practices that I can put into place that, that will starve the kingdom of me and actually feed the kingdom of God? The answer is yes. We can commit to a discipline of generosity. This is the first thing that Jesus talks about, in, at, at least in terms of what is recorded in Matthew chapter six. But not just, again, doing the right thing and being generous, because there are many people that are generous, but, but there's a way for us to actually do the right thing, motivated by the right reason. So not only committing to the right practice, but the way that we practice. And Jesus says that one of the greatest ways for us to be generous with the right heart is to do it in secret. And it's amazing how much that can starve our ego, yeah. how much that can clarify <laughs> my motives. And I'm like, ugh. I mean, if they never know? Like, really? Can't we just hint? Can't we just, you know? <laughs> I think a great question for us to ask ourselves if we are trying to actually bless someone, if, if we're wanting it to be a gift. Think about the term gift. I, I'm only correction, but I think that the original uh, word that we get the word gift from and grace from is connected. So, so for it to be a gift, it means it's gracious, it's free. So here's the question. Is it a gift if there are strings attached? Is it giving if there are strings attached? Now, the easy answer might be no, but think about some of the strings that are attached some of the very subtle <laughs> strings that get attached, where subconsciously we think, well, like, 
Like you owe me, right? Like I blessed you, you bless me. Or, or, or it might not be that, that you expect something tangible back, but, you, but, but it's so hard not to want respect back or to, or to want that person to be somehow indebted to us. It is incredible how, how, how even in families, parents will try and control their kids through gifts, but they're not gifts, they're payments. Call it what it is. I am making a payment so that I can control you, so that you are tethered to me, so that I can manipulate you and do exact, guys, hello, make no mistake. I've known of people that have left the country to get away from that kind of manipulation in their family. Now, that's maybe pretty extreme, but on a subtle level, we, th- 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 this is a great way for us to actually check our motives, that our, that our generosity is not subconsciously being motivated by, by wanting to think better of ourselves or by wanting to impress others or control others or, or anything like it. Don't worry, it, it does get better, so, so just hang in there in case you think like, oh, crap, like, okay, this... You mean, like, I can't get any joy out of giving? No, 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 it, it does. So, so Jesus addresses our motivation, trying to do the right thing for the right reason. We're gonna read together four verses, starting in Matthew chapter six, verse one. This is Jesus speaking, not Jason. He says, watch out, exclamation mark. Okay, he's like, hey, hello, I'm trying to get your attention here. Be careful, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly, to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Verse two, when you give, you'll discover in the next two weeks that that Jesus uses the same word when referring to giving, fasting, and prayer. Not if you give, if you fast, if you pray. No, no, I mean, so just so you know, it was assumed. If you were a follower, if, if, if you were involved in religion, and even as a follower of Jesus, it was assumed that you gave regularly, you fasted regularly, not just when you didn't plan anything for lunch, like you actually fasted deliberately, regularly, and you prayed. So Jesus keeps saying, he doesn't say if, he says when. When you give, when you fast, when you pray. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to the acts of charity. Just so you know, they weren't literally blowing trumpets. Jesus, Jesus is using hyperbole. I think Jesus would have been a little bit cheeky sometimes. Like, like in a good way, you know, with a little glint in the eye, a little... A little, little smile in the cheek. But guys, don't, don't, don't blow trumpets. Don't, don't, don't blow your own horn. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward that they will ever get. So if that's the reward you're looking for, job well done. You've got it. You've got their attention. You've got their approval. Verse three, but when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Again, metaphorical, all right? That'd be hard to do unless... I mean, I don't know how split personalities work and stuff, but, 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 he's, but he's not meaning literally. And then, give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. So here are three questions that I wanna look at in our few moments together. Number one, who is getting the glory? Who is getting the glory? It's a great question, right? I've thought of it all by myself. <laughs> Actually, I didn't. Who's getting the glory? So, let's quickly read verse one again. Watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose a reward from your Father in heaven. Now, those of you that are familiar with the broader Sermon on the Mount, you you know that that we spent quite a bit of time last year in chapter five, where it seems as though Jesus is contradicting himself, because in chapter five, verse 16, he says in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Right? Anyone messed with yet? It's like, Jesus, maybe we might, no, no. 
But then he carries on. So that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. It's all about who gets the glory. So, so he's saying, do it publicly when it's going to lead to him getting the glory. Do it privately if otherwise doing it publicly would lead to you getting the glory. So again, go back to verse one. Watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly. And then, he, and then he actually spells it out, the motive. He says, don't do it to be admired by others. Don't do it to be admired by others. Now, again, there, there are, there's so many nuances to this whole idea. I think that there are times where sharing a testimony genuinely does bring God glory and encourages others and it inspires others. And there are times where we need to inspire one another onto good works. But we need to check the motive. Is this to bring glory to me? Or is this to, 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 to genuinely bring glory to God? Verse two says, when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do. That word hypocrites, is, is literally the same Greek word that we get the word actor from. So back in those times, if, if it wasn't actually meant as a diss. It was, as, as, well, I mean, it was, but, but, but if you, we have several people in our church taking part in, in various productions, so, they, so they're acting on stage. They would have been called a hypocrite. Now, now it's just a, a negative term, but back then it was like, hey, you're an actor. When Jesus is saying, don't be a hypocrite, he's saying, hey, don't act. Don't try and play out on the stage of life trying to present a picture of who you are that is not actually accurate. Trying to put forward a facade, trying to put forward the impression, the, 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 the idea that you are this character that actually you're not. So we have to ask ourselves when, when we do something, when we're, so when we're trying to be generous, whether it's giving to someone in need, whether it is serving, whether it is contributing to whatever, let's, let's check our motives. Are we trying to present a certain view of who we are or are we trying to be someone that is generous? One of the greatest ways for us to know that is if we would do it if no one ever found out about it. Don't call your attention. Don't call people's attention. Take the mask off. It needs to be about glory for God, not glory for us. I was talking to, to another minister, a younger guy, uh, in this week, actually. Um, we ordained him and, uh, as the pastor of a church in the Eastern Cape, I think about a month ago, give or take, or a little bit more. Wonderful young man, first time leading a church. Um, just got, I mean, he's been married for like a year. There's a lot of change. Like, they had to move towns, everything, and, and come into quite a, quite a complex, challenging situation. Um, and, and I think he's I think he's up for it. He's doing extremely well. But make no mistake, there are many moments where you're like, God, I hope I didn't miss you. I hope it wasn't too much pizza the night before or too much whatever. Because um, you can get scared. Anyone ever doubt that you're doing the right thing? Like you think it's God, but, but then you hope it's God because now, now you're in it. And, and he was just saying that last weekend, um, there's lots that's been going well, and then, they, they, then there's a lot of administrative junk that he's having to sort out stuff that hasn't been done for years and, and all the rest, and so just a little bit intimidating. And he was, he was feeling a little bit in need of reassurance, just saying, God, like, I need to know that you're in this with me, that like, I haven't made a mistake. And, and one of the older ladies in the church, I think some short time before that, had, had encouraged him somehow, I can't remember the words exactly, but basically just saying, hey, why don't you trust God for, for some, like they've just moved, why don't you trust God for some, for some stuff, like, like what is it that you would like God to bless you with? Anyway, he, he, for whatever reason, on that Saturday, it crossed his mind, him and his wife were, were walking through the local mall, 
and they walked past Corycroft, decided to pop in there, and look, they're very hospitable people. They have people over all the time, and they're very, very relational and hospitable, and so they thought, you know what? We're going to, we're going to put down, we're going to lay by our dream table and dream chairs. Now, if you've been in Corycroft, it's not cheap, right? So, so, they, so, 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 so literally, he put down the first deposit for an 18-month lay-by. So he was going to pay this off over 18 months before getting it. Anyway, they, they arrange everything, pay the first deposit, and then go on to do the rest of their shopping. And then, I don't know, shortly afterwards, he gets a phone call from the lady at the store. Obviously, he's wondering what's going on. She said, someone came in after you, asked what you were looking for, and they paid off the rest of this installment. Yeah, come and collect your table and shares. And, 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 and the point I'm making is that it encouraged me not, not on a personal level, like, okay, God, what can I ask you for? It encouraged me in the sense of, yay, God. God, you're so kind. You're so good. I felt so encouraged for this couple. Because I, I know what it's like to be in that situation. And I know what it's like to have, to have God do something that's just an act of complete, gracious kindness, and you're just, you're just so in awe of God. And I just thought, what a great testimony. That gives glory to God. I mean, I messaged people. I was like, listen to this, you know. Anyway, so that's an example of where someone, and he doesn't know who it is, by the way. Um, now, just so you know, my person, like, I'd really want to know who it is so that I can thank them, and it, and it hurts me when I can't, but, but again, like, let's honor, you know. Going back to Zambia, it's one of the most significant ministries that, that I've ever seen or been a part of where, where I remember standing on the floodplain, looking up at just the incredible work that's been done over the years, thinking only God could do this. Only God. The great people involved, great leaders, great missionaries, incredible number of local people that have been equipped and empowered. I mean, I think they have about 120 staff there now. It's phenomenal. Running a school for hundreds and hundreds of children. Children's hospital, Save a Life Center, church planting, translating the Bible into five previously unrecorded languages. And I just remember standing on the, I know the people involved. They're good people. They're nice people. They love God. They're not that good. And I remember just standing there thinking, wow, God. What a great testimony when your generosity or faithfulness causes people, I mean, they can like you and respect you, but to, but to actually think, wow, wow, this is God. That is bringing glory to God. Let's allow our generosity to cause people to go, yes, God. Wow, God. Second question. Whose attention am I seeking? Whose attention am I seeking? Verse three says, but when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Again, this is hyperbole, exaggeration to make the point. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Now, please don't miss what I'm about to say. I'm not some ethicist or philosopher who's trying to tell you, hey, just do the right thing because it's the right thing permanently for the rest of your life. Like, sure, that, that'd be great if we could, if we, if we were robots. And we should be willing to do the right thing, no matter what. That takes discipline. That's how we develop character. But I actually wanna encourage you that it's not that there's no response or that no one notices, it's that we actually have an audience of one. That we actually have a heavenly father who really does notice. Some of you can remember back to when you were kids, those of you that have had children know this to be true, hopefully. Otherwise something was horribly wrong, but that's a different 
sermon. Um, there's something built into kids that's like, hey, watch me. Watch me. Are you watching? Put your phone down. Watch me. There's, there's this thing too, and it's like, the trick's not that impressive, but it's like, but they want to be seen. I don't know that that desire and that underlying need ever goes away or that it should. I just think that the problem is that we redirect it to the wrong people. We want people on social media to, like, to watch us, like us. We want the people in, in, in the room or the people in the church or the people to, to listen, I've got to tell you, I like to be noticed and thanked when I do the dishes at home. I think I deserve it way more than what anyone gives me credit. <laughs> I'm an Enneagram too, for those of you that, that, that know the Enneagram. Like, I like to be, you know. They, they, Sue says I'm needy. They, they, <laughs> these are, think about it, again, please, guys, for crying out loud, I don't know why so often people think that being a Christian means you have to, like, be a liar. You're allowed to acknowledge your feelings and your need, but it doesn't excuse it, all right? But if we acknowledge it, then maybe you sit with it and say, okay, maybe this is revealing something deeper. Let me not just get mad at that person that doesn't respond to me or that I didn't get enough likes or shares. No, no, it's, hey, let that irritation or discomfort or disappointment or insecurity remind us that there's something deeper. There's an issue beneath the issue. There's a desire beneath the desire, and that is for the approval of our Heavenly Father. And the irony is, I actually think it's easier to truly get His wholehearted approval than what it is to actually get other people's approval. Like, it's doof. It's, I'm telling you, it is so much easier to be noticed by God when we're doing the right thing for the right reason yeah. than what it is to actually be noticed by other people. Even, come on, we're living in 2022. Even people doing great things, we, we, we wonder about their motives. Like, what's in it for them? Right? Yeah. Or am I the only cynic? Okay, no worries. We have this inbuilt desire. And I want to encourage you that genuine generosity is noticed by God. Healthy, authentic, genuine generosity. It is noticed by God. Acts 10 verse four talks about a Roman officer. Now, I mean, sure, I could take a long time just for quick perspective and context. Bear in mind that this is a man who, who represents the military that just a couple of months ago murdered Jesus. Okay, it's, without exaggerating, it would kind of like be asking Christians that are, that, that are hiding and underground in Ukraine to, to think highly of or trust a Russian officer or a Russian general right now, right? You're with me? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not the perfect, but, but listen to what it says. Cornelius is busy praying one day, an angel appears to him. This is, the, this is the story that introduces the gospel being communicated beyond just the Jewish nation, just the Jewish people. Cornelius stared at him in fear, right? If an angel, okay. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. I love that. Your prayers and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. God notices our hearts. God notices 
true generosity. God notices sincerely motivated service and acts of kindness and being patient. Last question, number three. So who, who gets the glory? Whose acceptance are we looking for? Lastly is whose approval am I seeking? And I want to ask you to ask yourself a very sobering question next time you are prompted to do something that you'd put into the generous category. Would I still do this if no one ever knew about it? I'm not suggesting that you only do good things that no one will ever know about. We'd have to close church down. Like, it's okay to serve and help and give and do. Okay, please don't misunderstand this. But, but remember, this is about mixed motives. And just so you know, also to give you a break, we all have mixed motives. The, the goal is to, is to balance it out as much as possible so that we're motivated more and more by the right thing. I don't, I don't know that our motives will always be 100% pure all the time this side of eternity, but it can grow healthier and healthier. Would I still do this if no one ever knows that I did it? So here are a couple of motives that I think do please God, so that gets God's approval. The first is simply worship. When, when we're doing something as a response to God, when we're doing something to honor Him, uh, to obey Him, because ultimately worship is, you're God, I'm not. You're the master, I'm the servant. I'm trying to get onto your agenda. I want to obey you. I want to please you. We, I mentioned briefly last week, I think it was, how, how, how even tithe for me is, for our family, that is part of our worship, that is part of us recognizing God is our provider. God, God has blessed us with work. And if you, you see, I think, I think this is harder for people to accept in their lives if it's always been easy to have work. But if you've ever struggled to find work and it wasn't from a lack of effort, a lack of willingness, you want to work, you want to provide for your family. And that's why I loved Josh's prayer. Not, not because it was a cool, articulate prayer. The heart, I thought, was, was exactly the heart of God, that, that it is right to want to provide, that it is right to want to contribute. Those are, those are righteous desires. So, so if you know what it is to not have enough to make it to the end of the month, no matter, no matter what you do in the natural, let me tell you something, you're grateful when God provides. And the people that I've seen perhaps find it the easiest to express that worship is people that have, that, where for them it's like, what do you mean? Like, of course it's God. It's just so easy to give Him back the glory. Secondly, I think when we respond to gratitude, I was saying to, to some of our, our staff earlier in the week that, that even when it comes to the vision offering that we're taking up at the end of next month, one of the greatest, easiest motives for me to want to make a plan, to want to adjust, sacrifice, is just, if I just think of everything that I have to be grateful for. If I, this doesn't have to motivate you, and it didn't motivate them very much, just so you know. They were like, oh, okay. Vision motivates us more. We'll talk about that in a moment. I was like, well, you're very ungodly, but it's okay. Um, just so you know, I was very relieved to see that none of our staff came up uh, for prayer for looking for another job. So that, that, that's a good thing. Um, guys, is there, is there anything that you're grateful for? Is there anything that you think God's done in your life? Anything. I'm just telling you, guys, 
I, God has done so much for me. I don't just mean materially. I mean, I mean the fact that Sue and I are still married. <laughs> but no, 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 no. God has helped us, has blessed us. It'll be 23 years in November. He has brought our family through, through incredible, I mean our broader family, through incredible dysfunction and brokenness and hurt and disappointment. And God has provided for us in, in just beautiful ways at times when we've needed it the most, but, but also God has just provided. He's been kind. He's done a work in our hearts where, where, where maybe in the early days we would have been offended by someone or something. God's led us gently, consistently towards what it means to forgive and to be free. There's just so much that God, why, why, why? I'm just saying for me, this is how I think. Why wouldn't I want to give back to, why? Why wouldn't I want to invest in his kingdom? Why wouldn't I want to invest in the next generation? Why wouldn't I want to trust him? Why? I think gratitude is a great motive to give, to serve, to contribute. Third is vision. Because for some of our staff, gratitude is not enough. So, so vision is also a really good motive to give. I'm, I'm joking, but I mean that very sincerely. Most likely the tagline that we're going to be using with our new name. We're not going to tell you the name, but we'll tell you the tagline. That we'll be re revealing in August, the name that is. But the tagline is for the sake of others. We, we are convinced to our bones that as a church, we have to be concerned with others. It cannot just be a self-centered, just us for no more, as long as it's just comfortable for me, as long as, as long as I can find parking, as long as my kid can get into the kids' church. No, no. I want to see other people find genuine freedom, genuine peace, gen to be loved, to know that God does notice them, does love them, that they do belong, that He does care. Of Guys, we want to be a part of seeing others come into a life-giving, fruitful, healthy, blessing their relationships, blessing their vocations type of relationship with God. And, and, and honestly, our bigger, I mean, I'm not even gonna tell you how much it would cost because it'll just freak you out. Like, like, we're not even adding that type of vision offering, but, but, but the stuff that I think would actually make the biggest difference would be space for our children. The problem is that it, it literally costs millions. I won't say how many millions, but it costs, it'll cost us millions to get extra space, and that is, our, that is the thing that's hurting us the most at the moment. You might not realize it, but, but, but we could fit more adults in on a Sunday. We can, we can start evening services. We could start a third service in the morning if we had to. But our biggest challenge, and, and yet it's the biggest burden, we, we feel called to reach young families in addition to other demographics, but especially parents of young kids, of preschoolers. But you can only put so many preschoolers into the tots area before it becomes chaotic and, and counterproductive and to where the parents are like, I mean, we love Jesus maybe or we want to and we love the church but like we ain't leaving our kids. It is a, but it's not just the money for the facilities, it's people. Because you could have all the space in the world. It's people that have a burden to serve others. Vision is absolutely a great motive to want to be generous. Fourth would be compassion. I don't think we have to look very far. Whether you drive around, walk around, use public transport. Jeez, guys, if, if the last two years have not revealed 
increased pain, desperation, brokenness, need. I mean, you, you can't drive down Bloberg Road. You can't, uh, uh, sorry, Kuberg uh, Road. You can't go to the tennis courts here where, where people are living, I mean, with, with, without seeing people in need. People that are, maybe sometime today, during the week, whatever, drive down to the parking area opposite Center Point. It's this parking area between the town hall, well, city, I don't know what it is. It's not down, it's that little hall and the tennis court. People living in their families, whole families, sorry, living in their cars, whole families. God, sometimes you don't even have to hear from God. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't, it can just, it can just be compassion. Sometimes it can just be that we actually care that there are people that are in need. And without a doubt, this is again one area that I know that God wants us to set ourselves up for to be more effective because the needs are just increasing both for justice and mercy. I love how our late national leader, Donald McCarthy, used to talk about grace giving. He's like, there's tithing, there's offering, and then it's just grace giving. It's just, it's just to be gracious. It's just to be kind. And I think that God notices that kind of motive. And lastly, in case you were worried, joy. Joy is actually a motive. Jesus, not Jason, was quoted in the book of Acts Chapter 20, verse 35, the second part, we says that you should remember the words of our Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, depending on how honest you are with yourself or your stage of maturity, you might be thinking, I mean, that sounds nice, but it's, 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 it's quite lack of getting. And yes, it is. But it is also nice when you know that without any strings attached, you can just bless someone else. You can just be able to, listen, it, guys, it really does give you joy. Some of the most joy-filled people I know are the most truly generous. No strings attached. They don't need credit, they don't, they don't even need the person to know, or if they do, like, like they actually get like awkward with, with people. You know, Some of the most joy-filled people I know are some of the most generous people. I know. Guys, we're going to have mixed motives. But let's, let's pay attention to them. This is what I'm going to leave you with. Can I encourage you to look out simply for one opportunity this week, just for one way to please an audience of one this week? I'm not saying that you can't ever tell people a story. that you can't. I, I think it's great to share testimonies if it's going to encourage others. There's a difference between inspiring others and trying to impress others. If I'm trying to impress you, that's hypocrisy. That's me, that's me taking on a mask and trying to become a character. I'm trying to act a role. But it, but it was trying to inspire people. Hey man, I was so scared. To do, I thought it was God. I wasn't sure that it was God. I mean, I'm looking at the mass and doesn't that happen? But you know what? We, I spoke with my wife. We, we agreed and we, we, we took the risk and we did this thing. And guys, God provided. That's inspiring. That's encouraging. If I just tell you how amazing I am and how I'm always in touch with the Holy Spirit and, you know, He whispers, I move. Okay, that's going to be intimidating. That's going to be intimidating. And by the way, that's, I don't know if you ever noticed, but, but, but we'll try and share far more of our failures than, than 
our amazing success stories, which there aren't that many of, but, but partly because I don't think being impressed with other people inspires you. And it's not real because all of us struggle to grow in our faith, to grow in obedience in one way or another. So I'm not saying that you can't tell other people, but just for this week, can I ask you this week, just to experiment, just test my theory, test the Bible, that's okay, you're allowed to. How about you try and do one thing this week where, where the motive is to get God's attention? Not, not to like impress Him and prove Him, no, no, just God, you've been good to me. Help me to have that radar one going so that I can just look out for an opportunity to be a blessing somehow, no strings attached, no one has to know, or if they do, they don't have to be grateful. It's okay. God, I, I want to do this for you. Can we do that? Look out for one opportunity, ultimately, to please an audience of one. Come on, won't you stand with me? Let me pray.